I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Georgia Tech's defense was just too difficult for us tonight. We probably we obviously settled for too many threes, but... Uh, it is a difficult defense to get inside. You have to make some from the perimeter. We didn't. You know, the two games, last two games, we had 15 turnovers, 19 turnovers. We can't play at that level. We can't make those kind of mistakes. Um, and, uh, you know, that's really what the game uh, revolved around. Too many mistakes and not making shots. With Marek in there, he's a good player, but he has trouble when he gets one-on-one with those guys and he got one-on-one and they turned on him and you know that's that's a weakness that he has that he can't guard those guys in that one-on-one situation at some point in time you have to look in the mirror and say i'm shooting 27 percent from the three what what am i going to do what's the best way to help this and help me and help the team and uh we're you know both tyus and him are really looking to shoot threes And percentage-wise, it's not a good play. I put Buddy in because we needed somebody to be a threat, and he made a couple, he made some, but he and he made some good passes that got it inside. But he's not quite ready to go that much right now. We're we we need to we're relying on our veteran players in these situations and and today we just didn't get the job done there. Welcome to the Q's Militia Podcast with those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. All right, what's up, Q's Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Q's Militia Podcast with Sean and Joe. If you like it, as always, please subscribe. The universal handle for the socials is at Q's Militia. Go there, join the militia. We are the only Syracuse sports podcast centered around giving you, the fans, a platform the four-game winning streak comes to an end. The Orange leave much to be desired, to say the least, getting handled in the Dome, 73-59 to against Georgia Tech. You'll hear from us. We'll hear from you. A quad three loss at the time is now, after today's new net rankings came out, is actually a quad two loss currently. So go Georgia Tech. So hmm. and the consolation prize, the best part of it all, is that we get to make a trip to Cameron Indoor to face Duke and Durham uh, Monday night. So we've got that going for us. Uh, we'll let you know what to think about all this, that, and the other. But first, um, Ticks Blitz, a, a sponsor I think we can all use, something that... Um, you know, I know I'll be using the next time I need tickets. You want tickets to anything, you can go to Tix Blitz. Tix Blitz is the official ticket provider for the Armchair Media Network. Joe and I cover Syracuse basketball and football for Armchair Media Network. So go there. Uh, unlike other ticketing providers that sneak in extra fees and unexplained service charges at Tix Blitz, the price you see is the price you pay. Unnecessary fees shouldn't prevent you from seeing the sporting event, the concert, the Broadway show, or whatever you decide to choose to go see. Uh, go to TixBlitz.com and enter the promo code ARMCHAIR at checkout to receive 5% off your total ticket purchase. That's T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com. Promo code ARMCHAIR. TixBlitz. Guaranteed seats. Guaranteed emotions. Okay. So, we do have a couple announcements. Uh, first, I always forget to mention this, but you know, we have listeners all over the country, and if you're going to a Q's game in your area that's away from the Dome, 
you can always send us your pictures. You can email them to us at cubesmilish at, uh, at gmail.com, or you can hit us up on socials, You can and, or however you want to do it, however you can get them to us. Uh, mention us and in, in tweet them and mention them to us, and I would be happy to retweet pictures um, from away games from you guys that are going to some of these games. So that would be cool. So um, there's that. Now, uh, linebacker, Shai Cullen, he has been sus- suspended academically for the spring mm. semester. Suspended from even attending the school, his stepfather, uh, I guess, spoke with the media, and he said that basically what is going to happen is Colin is going to enroll somewhere else for the spring and hope and hope to get those grades back up enough to be able to ha- have some of the requirements of the David B. Fall College of Sports and Human Dynamics. Um, that's the, um, I guess... That's your measuring stick. And he wants to get those grades up in the spring. He'll be attending somewhere else, and hopefully he can come back, uh, you know, late spring, early fall or something. I don't know. Um, so there's that. Yeah. Well, he went, he went through something like this in high school as well. Uh, he was – it was one of those things where he had to get his grades up. Uh, the, the, our, you know, Scott Schaefer, he, he wanted them. He, he stayed true to them uh, as long as Shy got his grades up, and he ended up working hard and doing it, and hopefully uh, – that this is going to be, you know, a little wake up call for him because, you know, I think that especially early in the season um, and especially throughout the spring and everything and throughout the summer, if he can come back, you know, his leadership at the linebacker position and obviously playing in the linebacker position, um, I think it was expected. So hopefully he can, you know, come back, be a little wake up call, go back, get the grades and he can come back and, and uh, you know, join his brothers. And yeah. And hope- he's got all summer, too. He can attend summer classes. I'm sure he probably will be. Right. Right. I mean, yeah. So. I mean, I'm. Yeah. I'm sure. I mean, you'd, you'd like to get it done earlier. So, right. You know, sooner than rather than later. But right. you know. Um, also, Syracuse football wide receiver Devin Butler is transferring out of the program. Um, he Not confirmed a this. He confirmed this on Instagram. He did start five games, but then he missed. Um, he missed the trip to Pittsburgh due to violation of team rules. Todd mm-hmm. Harris kind of took over and never relinquished that starting spot. Back. <laughs> never looking back. So. Um, you know, unfortunate, um, Devin, Butler well, he was, was more spent- consistent. Yeah. It's unfortunate. There was a lot of high hopes for him, especially coming into this yeah. year. He had made some, okay. You know, he had made some plays and some contributions early to where you thought that he might be able to follow in the footsteps he, he, of Irv and, you know, the guys that were stepping up, uh, I mean, you know, even Custis after this year, you know, the senior going into next year, but, um, obviously other guys have came through and yeah. I mean, we're bringing back four of our top five receivers minus Custis. And we have people in the winds waiting that, you know, are hungry as well. So I, I think he saw the writing on the wall. So for him to be able to go someplace and compete, he had to make the decision to transfer. Yeah. I mean, he had a decent season last year, but you know, um, it is what it is. And we wish, we wish Devin Butler all the best in the future. Oh yeah. And we also wish all the best to Chance of Me, who is announced via Twitter. Uh, He says, I would like to thank Syracuse for everything they have done for me. I appreciate all the coaches, staff, and players, but I will be transferring from the university this next semester. No interviews, please. Uh, (laughs) So, you know, um, he probably was going to be a backup, Joe. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, that, was, what, I mean, what, it really doesn't surprise me. I mean, for my own selfish ways, obviously, I'd love for him to stay because I do think that he would have been the backup next year and the backup for DeVito for years to come, which would have, you know, solidified our quarterback depth and position and everything. Uh, but he was kind of back and forth when it came to his recruitment. You know, he went from he was a verbal commit to Syracuse, then went and verbaled back to uh, Houston. He verbaled to Houston, and then I think Houston's coach. He left, so then he went back to Syracuse. So, right. and you know, this happens all the time. There's attrition all the time. Teams they'll get multiple positions. You know, they get three or four or one position. You get a couple. You get a backlog in a position, and at some point, there's a writing on the wall somewhere for somebody that hey, you know, it's just this isn't the place for you. The depth is 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 here, and you know, you can kind of see it. And I think Chance of me sees it uh, that you know, Devito's going to be the starter for the next you know until he's he leaves or you know, barring injury, but. I don't think he wants to wait for that. So I mean, you can you can't can't build, can't blame the kid. He wants to go somewhere and start, and I think he can get he can go somewhere and help a team. So, you know, wish the best to him. Like I said, selfishly, I think I would have liked to have had that depth at quarterback. I do think that he could have really, really, you know, kind of put the fire to to Devito's feet and, and kept him a little bit humble throughout the 
you know, off season, maybe not allowing him to be a, you know, full fledged starter, you know, you know how Babers did it last year where he said, you know, we don't have a starter and this, this and that. And chance of me, he did do good in the, um, you know, spring game and through the off season and stuff like that. So he has a player um, and it's, it's, you know, I'm going to, it stinks that he has to leave, but again, it's for his own benefit. So yeah, can't really hate on that. Yeah. You can't, you can't blame the player for that, but so we wish, wish uh, chance and Devin all the best. And, um, I mean, that's all you can do. Just, 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 yeah. you know, we can root for him somewhere else. And for, and like, but like Joe says, I'm with you. It's selfish. You want him to stay and hold him on the sidelines in case you need him. That's as selfish well, yeah. as it gets I mean, as there's a fan, some people. Right? I mean, I see Devin Butler. I mean, we gave him his chance. He had his yeah, chance. There's yeah. a bunch of young guys underneath him that kind of took the spot from him. And, you know, coming in as a senior next year, I don't see him being able to kind of overcome that. There's some guys that are just entrenched in their roles. And like I said, there's hungry guys coming up behind him. So, uh, that one I saw Colin Byrne, you know, I saw that one come in, you know, obviously shot yeah. Colin, that was academics didn't, you know, didn't see that coming, but again, I wish him well to get back and chance of me. That was really the one where it comes to the selfishness because our depth at quarterback has been pretty good the past. Well, last year it was really good. And I was looking forward to it being that kind of good for a couple of years, but either way, I mean, best wishes to chance and, and all the other guys. Yep. Um, the, the, Georgia Tech recap is brought to us by JP Mulligans. Now, make sure you go to JP Mulligans' page and Facebook page, um, particularly, and give them a like there because they give away tickets now and then, and you don't want to miss that. If you like and share their post, I always share it too, but you have to actually go to their page, like and share it from their page to be entered in and uh, to win tickets. I think that's pretty cool. You don't see that all the time from from people so and we're kind of affiliated with them you can get some of our swag there happy hour every monday through friday four to six trivia tuesdays every nfl game every sunday and of course every syracuse game go there hang out with the syracuse fans and the best part is you get a dollar off any labat uh any labat product i guess um during su games so boom there oh you go. nice how can you how could you not want that um the game to me this is all personal opinion here most of this uh was Almost unwatchable about halfway through the second half. An early six-point lead for Georgia Tech at that point. Early in the second half, felt like 15 as I watched Syracuse on both sides of the ball. Aesthetically, I thought it was a bad look. Um, then Georgia Tech went on a run. We were consistently beat down the court. Syracuse failed to match the intensity of Georgia Tech. Uh, the play on both sides of the ball, I thought, was flat and lazy. Um were the Orange looking ahead to Duke? That's been speculated. Did they just slam down a couple bowls of chicken riggies? I have no idea. Were they hung over? I don't know. But it didn't look good. Uh, the Orange put up the ball 57 times. 33 of those were from behind the arc, and they shot 21.2% from back there, 7 for 33. Brissett led Syracuse with 15 points, but it was a little too late as he did not score a single point in the first half. But shot 40% overall at the end of the day. Hughes followed him up with 12 points and not much else to add. Battle, he struggled. He had 11 points. Chuku came in for a bit after being benched against Clemson for the entire game. Five rebounds, one assist, one steal, and three blocks. Not terrible. Dolajai um, only had four points but gave solid minutes with six rebounds, five steals, and three assists. The Syracuse offense was rough to say the least, shooting 31.6% overall. Tech, on the other hand, um, Georgia Tech, on the other hand, they shot 59.5% from the field and 50% from three, and their offense is not known for that at all. Uh, they no. were just – it was just one of those things that happens to us sometimes. Bad shooting teams shoot good. I don't know what it is. But um, yeah. the battle of the boards was a wash at 32 each. Uh, Georgia Tech holds the edge in the all-time series with the orange at 6-5. to five. Um, Joe's watching TV once again, and um, we'll wait for him to – Shut that freak off. <laughs> sorry, man. Sorry. So, Joe. So. Uh, <laughs> I'm not watching so, TV either. It's okay. So, um, um, you know, my, bad, thing, my thing was, is <laughs> be, besides the loss, besides the effort, if you just watched them, like I said, it was left a lot to be desired. Uh, I don't feel like. At some point in the second half, they almost just wanted that game to be over with, right? Yeah. I mean, did you get that feeling? Uh, the some body of them. language, the body language. Well, not Mark. He's always in it all the time. You know, right. I'm not going to name names. I'm just talking as a team. Just, just the the body language was bad. It did not look good. It wasn't a good look. Right. Yeah. No, that's true. 
that's definitely, I mean, I saw it, and obviously I think a lot of it had to do with, you know, their situation. I would have liked them to, you know, come overcame that because there was plenty of time on the clock, you know, when they did take the lead to be able to come back if they just, you know, just got down and played defense and tried to, you know, win every possession. And I don't know, it just seemed to me like there was way too many mistakes and way too many three-pointers chucked up. I know Georgia Tech plays a funky little zone, and their defense is good. I mean, we did talk about it. I was nervous about it. I talked to you about it before the game. And um, it happened to be one of those games where our offense was just atrocious. And, uh, I mean, the effort on defense was really where I saw it, though, because you're looking at the worst – offense in the ACC. Yeah, I mean, we exactly. talked about it. Ken Palm had him ranked like 222 adjusted yeah. offense. Mm-hmm. Not a good offense. And, and they, it's not even like they shot the lights out in three. I mean, they shot, I thought, pretty efficiently, at least the two guys that made some. But realistically, I mean, we don't get beat like that, down low like that. And just so many easy... Uh, it was it was very frustrating. I mean, not getting back on defense, easy, you know, fast break points. It was just Probably the more- effort on defense, dude. We just got done talking about how it looked like, you know, the four game skid or the four game uh, winning streak that we were on. That it it seemed like everyone was bought in and the fact that got to play defense to win. We got to, you know, it seemed like. I mean, we were just talking about that. Like we literally, I was I was talking about how I was excited at the fact that we realized that defense is going to win us the games and this, this, and that. And to me personally, I think that they kind of overlooked this team. And uh, I don't know if there's some things going on behind closed doors or behind the scenes that just, you know. Okay, well, stop there. Stop. You can't say that and not elaborate. So there is there is speculation, and it's all speculation. It's all rumor mill stuff and Usually the media picks up on this stuff if there's an ounce of truth to it, in my opinion. I don't, I'm not buying into it, but what's the word? Well, I just think that there's fans out there that think that, uh, that um, just changing things up and doing certain things is, is, uh, is really just kind of killing the flow of the team. I don't know. I mean, there were some people that said that they saw they were at the game and saw that there was some bickering going back and forth between Frank Howard and, and Bayheim and um, Coach Bayheim. one of the – Yes, Coach Beheim and, uh, you know, Buddy Beheim um, being in for as, as long as as he was yesterday. I have really no problem with it because I was looking at the effort and he did have effort, although and we've talked about it before. I think that he still has some strides to make as far as his um, his lateral movement and um, just his athleticism what, yeah. and stuff like that. But I mean, overall, he's, he's a good player. He plays hard. He can shoot. And I know where where Jim was going with with that, with but trying to get a spark off the bench and he did, he hit a couple and he got the crowd into it and that happened. Um, but the other, the rest of the team didn't respond and nobody else really responded to come out. And then you brought a couple guys in and like we talked about it at one point, I think Jalen Carey, Frank Howard and Elijah Hughes were all on the bench. So, um, you know, Is it, was shoot. it a desperate? I mean, could it have been a desperation move for Jim to kind of like just really manipulate the lineup to see if uh, anything could happen, some kind of spark, some kind of chemistry, just like... Well, that's and that's what starts, and that's what's worrying me, right, is that it seems like every game there's something, I mean, he's looking at matchups and there's something, there's just, it just seems to me like random kind of lineup changes and switches and bringing people in and Chuku doesn't play and then Chuku plays a bunch and, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's only a couple guys that give it full effort every night and, um... It's just it still seems to me like they're still trying to figure it out. Like there's still something going on with the team that they still just can't figure out. And I mean, there were some guys that played some really bad games, some of the worst games of, the, of, the, of their season. And um, it was just overall a bad game. And again, you get the, you know. the We're going to get the reaction right after the, the game. But again, we've seen it before. I mean, Syracuse loses games like this every single year in conference and yeah, every year. Yeah, there's always a deflating loss. There's always, you know, one year it was St. John's. Remember that one? No, Ty- yeah. With, with Tyler oh, Lydon. Yeah. Last year it was um, Notre Dame. Remember that? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and right now it's Wake Forest. So, you know, well, I mean. Georgia Tech. Our- <laughs> but that's okay. I know so you between, get it with the same so, colors. But. So with me and Joe, I always privately – I do that every time we talk about Wake Forest or Georgia Tech. I am guaranteed to mention the other team. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, <laughs> the colors, man, I get, I just get freaking, I, I get swapped I up. So, this year it's Georgia Tech. Right now it's Georgia Tech. But Georgia Tech right. 
if look, I think maybe they've been look. Okay, I know they're they're probably not going to be some stellar standout ACC team, but if if they can if they can play like that against everybody else in the ACC, they're gonna they're gonna be in some close games. They 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 only lost to Virginia Tech by three. And held them to fifty points, so right. they might come up. They 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 could come up with another upset to to keep them as a quad two team. I mean, it can happen. The problem yeah. with that game is is it was at home, and right. and so you're right on the cusp. Their net ranking is seventy five. That's right on the edge. That's at the very outside edge of a quad two home yeah. game. So, no, um, I'll tell you what. I mean, if Georgia Tech plays defense like that, their next Three games at Clemson, home against Louisville, home against Notre Dame. I mean, they can go three and zero, end up thir- being thirteen and six, and they can be in a position to where you know they're really helping. Like they have that defense. That defense was really, really weird. Um, so rotating, really, it's like a rotating zone, a matchup zone. Yeah, it's really. I mean, it obviously confused us to the point where we just. Yeah. I mean, confused. don't get me wrong. There was some. We got some good shots in the, on the three point line. But the thing is, is that it's just overall, it's not a good matchup for us because we're not a good three point shooting team. So if we're not on that night, then we really got to press the issue of, of being able to get it inside and do certain things. And yeah, that's, uh, that's the dagger, man. You got, you got, you don't have a true center really playing in the game right now. You Chuku, he, he might be, who knows? He, he was, you know, he was done. He got injured and it didn't look like real great. No, for us. and that's the thing is so. we don't get scoring down there. And then when we play against teams like that, they had Banks down low, um, that gay. Uh, I said that last year too when we played him. His last name's Gay. I was going to say that gay <laughs> guy, but he was <laughs> he was good down there too. And it gets in a situation where Merrick's really not good down low, one on one. Right. Go ahead. I'm so sorry. then you have to bring in a Chuku or a Sadibi for defensive purposes, and then it hurts your offense. Right. So overall, right now, it just seems like Jim's trying to fiddle around with the offense to kind of figure out the matchups and how it's going to work out. And it just seems like just a really bad matchup. And obviously, some things going on. Uh, Frank Howard and, and and Coach had had some words on the bench, and and it's. <laughs> and if you remember, Joe, if you remember Frank's sophomore year, they had the same turmoil. Last right. last year it did not happen that much because there was no one to come in for Frank. So when it, when when Frank would do something stupid, and he did get better throughout the year, but when he would do something stupid his sophomore year, he'd get yanked. Last year, coach did not have the ability to yank Frank and put someone in because right. yeah, Howard Washington was on the sideline, uh, he was injured, and there just was no one to really take his spot. So right. this year, we, he has people to take his spot. So we're, right. we're back to that, you know. And Frank has there. Frank's right, but got, he's still got the he's got the ability, and he had the ability last year to make a bad play and then come back from it because right. he knew he wasn't getting pulled. And now right. it's back, to, like you said, the same thing. And I think that Benheim's got to kind of you think learn, he's got to learn from last year, there? unless he's got a unless he's got a sure guy right. that can come that can come in and is going to do the same thing because Kerry comes in and makes the same mistakes. Buddy yeah. comes in and it gives us a threat, but then it kind of hurts us on. You know, if we want to press or, or the defensive of side a little bit. So, right. I mean, you know, unless you have somebody that's definitely going to come in and, and can come in and, and contribute and you can trust, then you got to be able to trust Frank and knowing that he might be able to come back and make a couple good plays if you just leave him in a little bit longer. I think so. I think that's a good point. I think that I think, you know, Frank's got to be able to work through his own um, his own mistakes on the court. And pulling them right away, even though you can, it might not be the the best idea. He did overcome some bad mistakes last year, and yeah. he was averaging high fourteens, almost fifteen points a game. So, you know, you're right. I mean, I've heard that mentioned too by um, Dale Shackelford mentioned that. So to not pull yeah. not pull him out, let him let him work through his mistakes on the court. And if he's not on the court, there's no there. You know, he's not going to just get better by watching from the bench. I mean, yeah. yeah, and at some point, I think again, I think we're deep enough to where we got to press the issue more. If we have to press more, if we have to speed it up more, if you want to sub more, then play a little bit hard. You know, play a little bit faster, push the issue a little bit more. I know that sometimes it's tough with you know the zone that we play, and then obviously with Georgia Tech's defense. But if you if if because guys are going to get you know, I mean, like I said, I, I mentioned it in the beginning of the year, and we didn't really know how this is going to play out, but yeah. 
all of starting five people coming back and they were used to playing a majority of them were used to playing a majority of the minutes of the game. Right. So now what happens when you get, bring in some talent, you bring in Elijah Hughes, you bring up some other guys that are going to be able to come in and help. Well, you need to be able to make that work. And you know, if, if the guys aren't, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's coach that has to figure that out. Yeah. But at the well, same time, at the same time, the players, it's, it's all about when it comes to effort, that's on the players. All right. Well, so, I mean, something's got to give where you got to kind of understand like, hey, look, you might not like what the coach's doing this year and maybe last year you liked it because you could get away with stuff and you always you played the whole game because we didn't have depth. But now coach, he's, he's got, you know, the bench. He's got the future to look forward to and obviously the present. And, you know, he's going to sub as he wants and as he deems fit. And the player's got to be okay with that. And the effort can't go down when he makes something that you don't, you makes a decision you don't agree with. Frank has a, Frank has a short fuse too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't know if it carries into the game, but you know, arguing back with coach and stuff. I mean, it's not a good look. I, I, I don't like that stuff. I think you should be coachable enough to just sit there and take it sometimes. But yeah. you know, and if, and if the players weren't worried about that stuff and other stuff and they actually were in the game and ahead the effort. And I mean, there were some times in the second half where, there was a chance to where they could key something back. You know, and I know I mentioned when Buddy hit a couple of those threes and then we forced a couple turnovers on the press and you saw the other point guard there, Alvarado, uh, yelling at some of his other guys and it looked like they were starting to fall apart. I mean, that, you know, the crowd started getting into it. That right there, it should have been, it should have been, the players should have been able to get up from that and be able to try to make something happen. And it was like, as soon as something like that happened, we turned around and we just, you know, well, in turned it over down the down. Who's, the who's our we, guy? Who's our guy that's on the court yelling at his teammates, getting them in line, and telling them where they need to be and what they need to be doing? Who's doing right. that on Syracuse's team? Right. Who? Nobody. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah, I know. It's the point. There's no vocal leader. There. Yeah, and every team, every team has that guy, and Syracuse does not have that guy. No. So, all right. Well, what do you say? We hear from the fans, Joe. What do you say? Nah, it sounds good, bud. It's time to hear from you. The loud mouths from the loud house. The best damn college sports fans in the nation. Hi, you guys know the deal. The universal handle for the socials is at Cuse Militia. Go there. I propose the question at the end of every game. And you can find it on Facebook and Twitter. So, the uh, fan feedback is brought to us by my bookie. Look, the NFL playoffs are here, you know. Uh, what better time, what more fun could you have than betting on some NFL playoff games? You know, if you're going to get in on the action, if you want to bet online, go with my bookie. Uh, don't be the guy with no rooting interest as your friends and relatives sit around watching football this year. Um, not with the Super Bowl around the corner. Make sure you're ready for daily action by signing up at MyBookie today. They pay fast when you win. Ownership really cares about good customer service, and they offer the craziest props. So where you bet on is just as important as who you're betting on. And if you want to make money during this NFL playoff season, you got to go to MyBookie. I trust them, but don't take my word for it. Check them out for yourself. Join now, and MyBookie will offer you a 50% deposit bonus. And make sure you have a nice bankroll for the NFL playoffs. Use promo code QS25 when you to activate the offer. That's promo code QS25 at my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. And if you've never done any online betting before, research it, make sure it's right for you. And if you have done it before, you know the deal. Jump right in. Go to my bookie, M Y B O O K I E dot A G. Okay. So. Uh, yeah, it's tough to be uh, boastful about winning the my bookie pick this week, but yes, didn't but really you, necessarily did. go my way. Although I did win it, but. Yeah, didn't go the way I thought it was going. No, hmm. it's all good. It's all good, and that's what you know. That's what's good about the line, I guess. You can hope for one thing to happen and still win. You know? Yeah. But um, it didn't work, quite work out that way. At USA no. Proud one two three, don't understand why they don't drive to the basket. Seem like seems like all they want the lazy way to play by shooting up threes all the time could have gotten them in foul trouble and stopped the clock if we drove more to the basket. And Bayheim's kid sucks. So Ooh. they I don't think they could drive I don't think they could get in there. I think they were trying. No, it's I mean, hard to drive on a zone. Yeah, it's hard to drive on a zone and that zone was a very active zone. And when they did try, they were getting the ball stolen from them. Well yeah, and that's 
it's it's a random zone that it's very i mean you know what's open but as far as bringing it in and, and stuff like that it's Unless you got a, a guy down low that can score, then you're really just exactly. running in. You're running into trees. Yeah, if you can throw so. like what they do to us. <laughs> yeah, Let, exactly. Let's do this. Let's yeah, say this. Exactly. Like what they do to us when they when they when Georgia Tech was testing the 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 baseline. Um, you saw them tested a couple of times, and then they went for a couple of alley oops, and they were getting it down there. That's what we need to do, but we don't really have the personnel. Yeah, that's kind of what it is. Yeah. Um, at Ma- at Mackey underscore sixty two, this team better shape up if they want to get a good NIT seed. Lots of tough games left. <laughs> <laughs> Stealing a guy from the football team would be a really smart move at this point. Need to put someone over the one hundred and sixty pound, put someone over one hundred and sixty pounds to play in the paint. Well, I mean, I, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I love the snark. What can I say? I mean, I love I, the snark. Uh, I get it. Look, yeah. we are not NIT bound yet. All, everybody talking NIT, NIT, NIT. Just pump the brakes a tiny bit. Yeah. It's <laughs> way, halfway through this. It's way early. We still have the ACC tournament, and we we've got plenty of games left to make up for it. Um, but I do get it. I do get it. Snarky. It's funny. <laughs> um, I get it. At Reddick JJ, huh? JJ Reddick. Uh, this is what makes Q's fans the worst. The minute a bad game occurs, everyone is ready to give up on the season. It's a definition of a fair weather fan at the same, it, it, if, no, wait, it, the same, if the same reason, well, it's, <laughs> you can't it, even read. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> it, it's, you know, for someone who pops out all these big words, if it, it, yeah, it, I'm, if, okay, it, I'll read it like you wrote it. It's the definition. It's the definition of a fair weather fan. It the same reason we haven't fully supported our football team or our, our amazing women's basketball team. I think what he's saying is that we weren't supporting the football team like probably everybody who listens to the podcast because people who listen to the podcast generally, first of all, they're the smartest group of podcast listeners on the planet. Second of all, no. <laughs> they're hardcore Syracuse fans and they're not generally fair weather, I don't think. But what he's saying is is that everybody loved the football team this year, but for the past two years, they were blowing them, you know, they weren't giving no, them the time of day. Two, three, four, ten. Yeah, well, right, exactly. So, um, yeah, one bad game, and it's a bad one, and, you know, everybody's yeah. all up in arms talking tonight. It was a bad one. Yeah. At Giant 4 Fan Terrible, I can't understand why they continue to settle look for the three when they're such poor, such a poor three-point shooting team. We need a big man that's going to play like a big man in the worst way until these two major flaws of this team are fixed. This is no better than an NIT team. Well, if they continue down this tread, trend, then I would agree with that. But like I said, yeah. um, I mean, lots of I mean, they looked like they were making strides. It looked like a bump in the road, and again, it comes down to – I think they were co- caught off guard. It was a matchup thing, Joe, right? I mean, Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it had something to do with that, yeah. It was a big matchup thing, frustration thing. I think that they were looking past it a little bit, you know, nine-point favorite in Vegas, like – to everybody else, no, you know, Georgia Tech didn't stand a chance. Everyone else but them, obviously. And then I'm going to give kudos to that coach. Josh Passion is a good coach. It's only his third year there. Um, he made Memphis uh, – well, he didn't make Memphis, but obviously he took um, over Memphis after Calpari, I believe. And, um, you know, they were good for years upon years. So, I mean, obviously you got the job in ACC school. So, um, he's a good coach. And I wouldn't be surprised if in a couple of years – Georgia Tech's not, you know, a team to be reckoned with. So, well, he's a good coach and he's young and he's passionate. Did you see the way his take Frank Howard and Beheim? Look at that situation, and then take compared Gay, to how his players reacted to him, take Gay in in him. Remember when um, Gabe didn't block out or something? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Jo- Josh Passer yeah. came at him, and Gabe was like, "I'm sorry, I know." And he put his hands on him. He's like, "Look, I'm sorry. It was my bad." Accountability, man. Right. And they're buying yeah. into what he's selling. So, right. I mean, And it yeah. shouldn't matter who's playing. It shouldn't matter. I mean, you no, go in with right. a game plan. You play as a team. And um, you got to stay positive. you got to stay positive, and the effort's got to keep going. And I think what it came down to almost this past week was like, Jim Beheim was said, screw it. I'm going to put in whoever is going to show me some effort. Yeah, and, you know, sometimes – 
you, you got to show them the whip. You know, unfortunately, it didn't work out, nice. and, and, and it just it is what it is. But we're not going to beat the dead horse. Um, at if now not when eighty four, a buddy Mike. Hard to be objective after such a terrible loss. Um, defense was awful, and battle never got going. Makes me sad. Nit, here we come, Mike. Michael. Mike, come Stop on, with man. with that NIT talk, buddy. Cut it out. Um, come on, man. It does. It made me sad, too. <laughs> Mike, you're going to the Duke game. <laughs> yeah, Mike's going to be at the Duke game. That's right. So come on, bud. You can't have that NIT. Are uh... you going in there wearing orange or are you going in there incognito, Mike? That's what I want look, to know. Look, it, ha- it happens. Games like this happen. And uh, there was too many bad things that happened to kind of even try to explain it. I mean, it's a bad game. It was a I think bad you, game. I mean, we would have lost yeah. that game to probably half the teams in Division One, uh, probably more than half. Well, if they played that defense, let's put it that way. Mm, I don't know, man. Because, like I said, we did that defense does open up certain spots. Like pl- shooting the three, I get it. But if you're a wide, if it's a wide open three, then you have to be able to take that shot. Frank, and there were Frank Howard missed a practice shot three. There was no well, one within. It wasn't 15. a practice shot because it was during the game, but I understand. I'm like just that's saying. what I mean. That defense, that defense Joe. is. They they talked about it. Virginia Tech. It was the same thing with Virginia Tech. They figured it out. They realized that that was where the open shot was, and even when we when we finally figured it out, we were missing wide open threes. Well, it wasn't a practice like, shot because it was during the game. Okay, um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon on Facebook, you think the NIT will send an invite? LOL. I don't know. Awful. Loss won't look good with new system. Not a good looking, not a good look moving into Duke. Not sure why they managed to miss so many shots. No calmness to this team tonight. No punctuation either, Brandon. So, um, the new system, uh, which we are going to explain at some point, um, it's formulaic, and it also is uh, there's an algorithm involved. So that way, yeah. you and I will never know. How they get the final number? So never, <laughs> never, never. But uh, never, and, ever, and that's, ever, and that's the NCAA for you, like we yep. said. Um, but we'll go over that. But then, not looking good with the new system. I don't know if that's the case um, quite yet, because actually, with the new system, that became went from a quad three loss to a quad two loss after they beat us. They moved up, and it yeah. actually helped us a little bit in the at the end of the day. So I don't know. But, um, yeah, no calmness. I mean, they were frustrated. You could see we talked about the body language. It was bad. Um, yeah. So Jay says it was a bad game for Jim to put in Buddy in the game just to see what happens. Okay, so this is, the, this is what I'm seeing from some of the fans, that Jim put Buddy in the game to see if he could bring us back. And once – he he was making mistakes and he he you know he went what one for eight from the three point or two for eight from the three point line. Once that happened, uh, three for eight, three for eight. Uh, he once that happened and you know he kind of fizzled out and we weren't making a comeback. He didn't immediately make the change. Yeah, and, and I think people where, expected him to. Um, right, but again, right. I mean that's come on. I mean Jim gets. How many times does he get criticized after this? It's overreaction stuff after a game. How many yeah, times did he lose a game job. and, oh, the two, three zones out, you know, outdated and he should retire and where's Hopkins and blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, we knew that this was going to happen. You knew that it was going to happen as soon as Buddy committed to the school, which I hope the fans don't corrupt Buddy's playing career because of the fact that just giving him a hard time because the bottom line is the kid obviously doesn't suck. He's a freshman. And there's always going to be this whole, you know, and I was, I was on the bandwagon of maybe Buddy should, should redshirt, but obviously I was with you. I agreed with that. But either way, this is what we're going to hear. When something like that happens, there's going to be fans. Oh, Jim's just playing him because he's his son or da, 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 da. It's the guy can, he's, he's a great shooter. He's just, it's a freshman. He's got to figure it out. He's going to get to the speed of the game. And, you know, we need some of these younger guys to help us out because I mean, what we had last year with no depth, it's not going to work. So we're like, again, we're just going to hear it over and over again. Why is Buddy playing? Every time Buddy maybe might not do good, or like you said, he fizzled out, and then we were pressing. There was a couple times where maybe he couldn't get to the sideline to cut off the guy, and 
people are talking about, oh, he shouldn't be in there. He's not athletic enough to run, to, you know, to do the full court press, da, 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 da. Like, that's where it came into play. Like you said, once it fizzled it out, once he fizzled out, he started missing the threes and he didn't make a couple. A lot of people expected him to make the switch. And I mean, whatever. Obviously, yeah, at that it point, just, it just it just it just wasn't there. It just didn't. There was obviously something going on where he where he didn't like the effort from the, the people on the bench because all of them had a bad game. Frank Howard, Elijah Hughes, Jalen Carey, none of them impressed me at all. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, Joe P got a ton of trolls and haters around here. I'm a realist, and I know this team is not as good as everyone thought we were supposed to be. We're allowed one huge run. We allowed one huge run that we could not come back from. We don't have the offensive firepower to come back from a deficit like that. Got to be smarter with the ball, take better shots, and don't fall asleep on defense. Let's use this as a learning experience and go shock the world at Cameron Indoor. Wishful thinking. Ha ha ha. So, Joe. Yeah, Joe, he puts it in a nutshell. I mean, I think yeah, the, the run... That's a good way to look at it. I mean, obviously, the, that's... The, the, the run that they went on... I do think we could we could have come back on if the effort was there, but the effort just wasn't there. Like I said, six points felt like it might as well have been 15 because it did not feel to me watching the game aesthetically that that that, that group of guys that were playing that game were going to overcome a, a deficit. They did okay in the first half, and then Georgia Tech made the right adjustments in the second half and just they created a lot of turnovers, some fast break points. And then, boom, I mean, you couldn't get back on defense, and we got smoked. <laughs> it's well, yeah. I mean, dude, it was a 27-26 game at halftime, and within the first six minutes, it got to 44-30. to Right. So, exactly. again, it's a game of runs, and we just we didn't play good enough, and, and they had a good had enough one. defense to where we never had our run. Yeah. I mean, there was a point, again, where I think after Buddy had a couple, you know, threes or whatever, that I think we got it within 10 at some. Yeah, around the 10-minute mark, we had it within 10. And then they jumped back up to 13, then 12, then 11, then 13. I mean, it just stayed there. So like what Joe said, that one – I mean, other than that one run in the first six minutes of the second half, I mean, we played them equal in one of our worst shooting games, no effort on defense. Yeah, it, was good, just, it, was, it was good defense in the first half. That's what kept us in it. Plus they're a horrible, yeah. plus they're a horrible offensive team, 220. So right. um, here's Steve responding to Joe on the Facebook page. This team – with the talent coming back that they have should be a top five team in the country. Now we've addressed this. It's, it's a fallacy to say that because it's the same team that struggled all last year. So top five coming back, got to get that out of our heads that that even means anything really, because it's, this, right. you know what I'm saying? You know, if Duke yeah. next year has this, has their starting five come back. Now you can say something. It's a different group of guys, but well, cause at the same time, Duke Duke isn't, they're the number one team. Well, exactly my point. And we were on the bubble last year. And we're on the bubble right now. Um, right, but I'm just saying that last year we we barely made the tournament. And just because we made a run, all of a sudden people expect that, you know. It's well, just, we made a run, but those games, I think those three games that we won were decided by five points altogether, something like that. So anyway, yeah. he goes on, for whatever reason, they simply play like they haven't played together at all. I agree with that. The – the um, the uh, what do you want to say? The chemistry just is, didn't was not there last night. Uh, no. no defense, and no defense in at least tonight. No effort. Battle averaged twenty five points a game last year and plays like he is a freshman this year. Eh, not one attempt to drive the lane and get into the the line to get get to the line the entire game, and that is coaching. Well, I mean that's objective, I guess. You could make an argument. I mean, I think. <sighs> It is objective because we've heard it in press conferences. We've heard it before. Like Jim Beheim knows that we're not a good three-point shooting team. He knows that O'Shea Brissett is under 30%. He knows that Ty's battle is under 30%. He knows these things. Yeah, so if, coach if people guy. think that he's – it's to say one thing as a coach is, is one thing, but for the, co- the players to actually do it is another. And, again, that's just one of those things where it's got to get figured out. Yeah, uh, Nick says, can't believe we're returning the exact same team we did, um, and we are at this record. WTF, we lose to Georgia Tech at home, and we made the Sweet 16 last year. This is going to definitely affect this year's team come tournament time. Uh, well, we the first part of that we just went over with Steve's comment, but um, I will say that, of course, it's going to affect it. 
as long, <laughs> but if, <laughs> but as of right now, it's not as bad as it was yesterday, and we're 24 hours removed from it. And right. and it's not as bad as it was yesterday. So, like, well, you got to put some perspective. Yes, yeah, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta just keep an eye on the net rankings. Root for Georgia Tech, and hopefully this won't even affect us. And we've already got the ODU loss. I think that you know can contend with this one for the worst one. And hopefully, hopefully Georgia Tech can 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 battle on and like Joe said, go on a run here. They got a couple home games coming up in the ACC. So, one game at a time. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it's halfway through the season. We have no idea what these teams are going to do. So yep. we just got to just worry about the next game. That's you know, all you can really do, like you said, it was yesterday at parts of, of the second half. It was on. It was almost unbearable to watch. I mean, you almost knew. You almost saw it coming. You know, you, you like there was a couple of glimpses, but I think everyone really kind of knew that there wasn't any any comeback in in the future of that game. So. Um, you know, you just you get past this, and you just hope that you take they take all this this anger toward losing this game and what's going on, and work together and and go to Cameron and and try to try to beat a really really good team. Put, put some put some serious effort into uh, into that game, and you know what? This might be everything happens for a reason, I believe, and maybe this will light a fire under Syracuse. Maybe they're going to work extra hard. Maybe there'll be chemistry. Maybe they're going to freaking put the effort in that they need. I think if, any, if anything, it was a wake-up call. So, all right, you want to get in the fan feedback top 10. We only choose 10. Um, obviously, between Facebook and Twitter, universal handle for both of those is at Cuse Militia. Go there. Join the militia. All right, Monday, January 14th at 7 p.m., Syracuse will head to Durham to face Duke. Uh, Duke holds the edge on Syracuse all time at seven and five. Syracuse looking for the biggest rebound game possibly of my lifetime. Um, <laughs> many, including some of the media, are chalking Monday night's game up to a loss already. Well, I mean, t- I refuse to do- be one of these people because um, I'm not going to be the dark cloud that hangs over the orange's head. And, you know, I've read this in the media, and I'm just like, come on. You know, they, they, they didn't even land in Durham at the time. So um, it's going to take heart. It's going to take effort. It's going to take smarts and teamwork. It, those are four things that they did not have against Georgia Tech. And it's going to take all of that. It's going to take teamwork mostly. They're going to have to work together to get this done. The tale of Duke goes as follows. The Blue Devils have three guys averaging double digits. The uh, top two, R.J. Burnt. Uh, Barrett and Zion Williamson, they're both averaging over 20 points a game. Barrett, 23.4, and Williamson, 20.3, respectively. Williamson, whose game is finishing, is he's successful 66.9% of the time from the floor, and Barrett is 46.6% from the field. Uh, Six-man Jack White only averages 6.7 points a game in 25, in 25 minutes, but he can shoot the ball 44.4% from the field, 38.6% from distant Duke. As a team, shoots 49.6 from the field, so really good. Uh, 33.1 from three and 67.2 from the line. Uh, so, Joe, I know it's a lot to ask, I know, but they're going to need to put Georgia Tech behind them, obviously. And right. um, they're going to have to go out there, and they're probably going to have to play the best game of the season if they want to leave Durham with a win or if they want to leave Durham um, with some dignity and giving them a run for their money, at the very least. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's what you got to look for, dude. I mean, this right here is kind of uh, make or break. I don't think it's a winnable game. It's going to be a, um, a quadrant one win or loss no matter what. But obviously all this is, is an opportunity to beat the number one team in the nation, uh, something that Florida State came up short on Saturday with. And kind of happy for that because I didn't want them going back home with a loss. So They weren't going to lose two in a row is what you're saying, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, I'm not going to say one way or another what Duke fans are going to think, but I bet you Duke fans probably wish that we would have beat Georgia Tech on Saturday as well. So, uh, yeah, they don't want us coming in there with a chip on our shoulder, right? Well, this is the thing: is Duke fans know. I was talking to your brother, and Duke fans know that uh, they get everybody's best shot, especially when you go to Cameron, even though it's a tough place to play. I mean, every time a ch- someone has a chance to beat Duke at Cameron, I mean, come on. And there's been some classic ones with them, with uh, them in Syracuse, and. Again, I mean, we've had more success against Duke than we have North Carolina. And, you know, who knows if that's credited to, to Bayheim and Coach K and kind of knowing each other or if Duke uh, teams sometimes struggle with the zone. But um, 
There's, yes. there's no saying. <laughs> yes. All I know, dude, all I know, dude, is that after this past Saturday, um, on top of all, you know, just the fact that you get a chance to go to, you know, um, to, to Duke Durham. and win or try to win, you know, against the number one team. That's just an opportunity. It's a crazy opportunity that everyone wants to, to have anyway, so that you should be pumped up regardless, but also on top of the fact that you, you know, that you just lost to Jordan tech as well. Right. So you want to, so you want to save face. And this is one of those things that they need to do if they want to save face, you know, this has happened you know, the, the past two seasons that we followed this, we've talked about it on the podcast and usually there's a couple losses every year where you're just, you're scratching your head and you're like, Oh man, we needed to win that game. We needed to, you know, we're on the bubble. This is that. And then we turn around and we win a game that we probably shouldn't against a ranked team, maybe on the road, maybe not either way. It makes it, uh, it makes, it's actually a better win than, than the loss, you know? So it helps out. Um, so all that just means is that we just, that's a game we should have had that we need to make up. And, this is a perfect opportunity for it. And you just kind of got embarrassed at home and now you get to go to Duke. So, uh, and, and, and I mean, let's, I mean, it's kind of the perfect situation to just right the wrong that just happened. It, it absolutely is. But on the other hand too, I mean, let's just, let's just throw this out there. If, <laughs> if Syracuse actually wins the game, which I think it's going to take an act of Congress to win this game. <sighs> Okay, I'm not chalking it up as a loss. I'm just saying that, um, like others, I'm just saying that everything is the stars are going to have to align for mm. this game to, to to win. But things happen. Things like this. I mean, the, I mean, look, right. these types of things happen. If they've happened before and they've happened to us, that one of these types of games happens almost every year to us. I mean, remember Yo, being down by twenty man. to UVA. Yeah, yeah, remember being down by like twenty to UVA in the tournament that one year, and we came back yeah. and beat them. So, I mean, anything can happen, and so well, UMBC beating Virginia, uh, you yeah, know, yeah, well, the multiple games that Duke's lost, as far as like you know the tournament game against Lehigh and some of the other ones that they've lost, it's just, uh, I mean, it happens. It's basketball, right? You know, and, it's funny because you know you got to put this ball in this hoop and you got to play together as a team, but sometimes it's just it doesn't work out. A little bounce here, a little bounce there, a call here. Someone gets in foul trouble. I mean, things happen. Someone gets injured. You never know. Now, well, back to my point, and it was a long way around because I, I tend to do that. I don't know if everybody notices that or not, but I tend to no, do that. No, and I apologize. But uh, my point is is that if, if Syracuse did go into Cameron Indoor and win this game, I mean – you know, all of the naysayers and the and the boo birds and the people calling for coach's job and all of this stuff, I mean, they'd be chirping. So, you know. No, it would be the same thing. That's like when you go to those Facebook posts and you see the text after Georgia, Georgia Tech versus compared to the text after uh, the Duke win, if that were to happen. You know, it just erases everything. Right. Exactly. You know, it erases the right. Georgia Tech loss. Yes. You know, you don't even know if it might erase one of the non-conference losses. It definitely could. It definitely could, especially those. A lot of a lot of that stuff. You get a, a at at Duke win, and you're on the bubble. Come on. Yeah. I mean, that's like that's hard to to just overlook. And it's not <laughs> when you're on the like, bubble. Uh, it's not going to be some some type of huge swing to where you know we'll be back in the top 25 i don't even want to be in the top 25 no it's not about that it's i mean obviously that would i mean that makes everything a little bit better but syracuse um, right now is net ranking by the way is 59 which is like that is like not on the bubble it's like uh, it kind of is because you have to understand that a lot of teams automatically get in so then how how many was 32 right or 34 no i think there's 30, 32 automatically get in, and then the th- yeah, I think there's 32 conferences, Autom- conference right, winners, and right. then, there's, and then 36. there's 36. Okay, and then there's 36. There's 68 teams that make it, right. but yes. the whole thing is, is that are there nine conference winners that aren't in that top? 68? I know, and that's where it gets convoluted. So you're right, right okay. exactly. Right, so right. you never really know. So right, right. I mean, it's not that we're you know out of it. We have had you know a, a difficult you know schedule. Um, we should have won some games that we lost. And again, now we have to go win some games that people don't expect us to. That's just all there is to it. You know, and again, Duke's got a, a freshman team that hasn't seen the zone. You know, Zion Williamson, he got poked in the eye and he didn't play the second half at all. And I uh, guess they were talking about he was dealing with double vision and 
this might be one of those things where he probably went back to Duke and maybe got looked at, you know, got a second opinion. And who knows if this if he is because, you know, how Coach K goes and how they should go and, you know, dealing with kids in the NCAA is you got to look out for the future and you can't just force a kid to play. So um, if his vision is, you know, I guess they said he had double vision. So you have double vision, then that could, you know, you could go out there and you could further injure yourself because you're not really seeing right. So um, who knows if if he doesn't play because of, you know, precautionary and the fact that they don't want anything else to happen to him for the rest of the season. So you don't really know. Um, either way, being negative about it and, and, and not being able to look at it and be positive, like you said, being negative before the game even starts is just crazy to me. Yeah, I mean, these games are exciting and just go in there and we'll see what we can do. And, you know, this has become one of those games that, you know, in the tournament last year was even kind of close. You know, I mean, there was a there was a there was a spark at the end of that game last year. Yeah. I remember us, you know, we we almost we almost came back in that game. I mean, Look, was, we've we've played Duke close since we've, we've been in the ACC, yes, man. Absolutely. So, so yeah. and we've had some great games, some great games. I mean, epic, epic, epic. Remember yeah. the I mean, the. <laughs> The, the, the coat was, was CJ Fair, the yeah, John which, Gillen buzzer beater. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. Well, and both of those were in the same season, <laughs> weren't they? No, no, they weren't. Okay, no, okay. But uh, again, there was still great. I mean, great games. And again, I that I would John ex- Gillen win was the last time we beat him. That's right. That was the season after the coat. Yeah. The worst thing that we could do is this, right? If we do lose, you want to see, obviously, a better outing. You want to see it to be a close game. You want to see the effort on defense. Um, if you see those things, I mean, obviously, there's, after a loss, you can always point to things because it really comes down to what Jim Beheim said, mistakes uh, and not making shots or making shots, and that's it. I mean, you keep the mistakes down and you make shots, and then you just give the effort on defense – then you you're going to win a lot of games. So, yeah, so those are the things you got to look at. You know, we could lose and we could still, you know, go out there and play really hard and you know, kind of get your confidence back, you know, and and still give a good effort, but um I don't know. It's just if if we see anything like we saw on Saturday or worse, then then that's where I can I can understand if people start to get negative or start to actually really worry about the season. So if you can't pull the effort together and you can't pull it together on a road trip to Duke to try to beat the number one team in the nation, then I don't really see you standing a chance barring a miracle for the rest of the season. Yeah. And I just don't feel like a team's just going to roll over. So we'll see what happens Monday, January 14th at 7 PM. Um, I believe it's on ESPN. So, uh, everybody should be able to get that game regardless. And, um, so that's it. Uh, the Duke preview is bought through us by Shopping Town Barbershop. Open Tuesday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5.45, and Saturday, 7 to 2. $15 cuts to six full-time barbers. A family-friendly, old-school atmosphere. TVs for your viewing pleasure while you get tightened up. The only real game in town. And in March or April, they're going to be moving. So they're going to be moving right to, what was it, Fremont Plaza? Yeah, Fremont Plaza, right yeah. across from, uh, what right was from it? the Red the, uh, Apple. Yeah, Red Apple, and was it the Manliest Fire Department? Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, so, all right, that is it. I want to thank Shopping Town Barbershop, J.P. Mulligans, Armchair All-Americans, my bookie, Tix Blitz. Uh, am I missing anybody? James on guitar, of course. Save the best for last, you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for participating, yes, participating in the fan feedback. And also... Um, uh, thanks for getting on social media. It's huge to us. We love hearing from you guys. So yep. um, more Cuse Militia podcast is inevitable after the Duke game. Go Cuse. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Hey. Thanks for listening to the Cuse Militia podcast, the fan's voice with Sean and Joe. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And... 
Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash match. Just go to indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives... There's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.